part of my work with uh, with actors, but any artist really, is to settle that part of the brain down that says say yes to everything by saying run it through the brand filter. Because if it isn't on brand to do this work, you're actually eroding your brand message out in front of the buyers, which is only gonna take you off path from that true north. And so we define our careers by what we say no to more than we say yes to. Successful brands are rooted in purpose and driven by the potential to make a positive impact on their customers. Welcome to The Pursuit of Purpose with Amy Austin. Each week, Amy brings you practical advice to embrace the power of purpose in all aspects of your business and transform it into the central storyline for your branding and marketing strategies. Welcome to today's episode of The Pursuit of Purpose. My guest is Bonnie Gillespie, author of Self-Management for Actors. Bonnie, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Absolutely. Thanks, Amy. Uh, yeah, Bonnie Gillespie, author of Self-Management for Actors, which became curriculum that I now teach and tour the world te uh, teaching and speaking about and uh, have created online programs around. Uh, Self-Management for Actors is essentially uh, the business and mindset of having a creative career in show business. And it, it was born out of interviews that I did with hundreds of casting directors more than 20 years ago, uh, back when I was a working actor and one of my survival jobs was as a journalist uh, doing these interviews. And people would write in and say, well, you said this person says this, that person says that, what's the rule? And being a good journalist, I went and got lots of data and came up with, in general, it looks like this. And specifically, it could look like this or that, but in general, it looks like this. And it kept becoming more and more interesting to me to see that all these artists and actors and showbiz creatives were looking for a set of rules after choosing a career uh, specifically that does not have a lot of those. And I go, yeah, it's, it's only fun to color outside the lines if we know what the lines are. So uh, that's, that's sort of how that took shape. But for more than 20 years now, my work has been working with showbiz creatives, artists, actors, uh, entertainment industry professionals who are living their dreams. And it's so much fun to get to help them do that uh, by getting more specific about exactly what it is that they want to do and how they want to show up in the world. That's really interesting. So do you help them kind of understand what their purpose is in, you know, like what's that deep-seated reason of why they want to be in the creative field that they've chosen, whether it be acting or casting, directing, director, would that be a fair assessment that you help them get in touch with that? That's definitely a starting point for our conversations. I, I always want them to tell me a little bit about their true north. And this is basically that, that place that if I had a magic wand and could teleport them there right now, what would that look like? I, I ask them to just go flash forward to that moment when they're on a stage holding up something golden shiny and they're showing a retrospective of all the things they've ever done. Like what is that piece that is the thing that they're known for the story they were born to tell and whether that becomes purpose uh, that's going to vary person to person. But I know that we can't really create a map for how to get to where they want to go until we really know where that is. What is that destination? And so a lot of the work that we do encourages setting that point that is the true north and then trusting that we can recalibrate along the way but that in identifying where we want to go as storytellers 
we at least know the direction we can start heading in because there's a whole lot of other directions that kind of get turned, uh, turned off once we know that, yes, we're headed toward a true north. It helps lessen the overwhelm of all the different ways that we could come at a creative business uh, when we know for sure that our voice is here to tell a certain kind of stories, that there is a, a message that is important to us as storytellers to, to get to tell at some point. Right. So it's a little bit like helping them understand what their personal brand very much so represents mm -hmm. and how to align the opportunities that they choose to go after with that brand so that they're finding greater fulfillment in what they're Hopefully. putting yeah. their creative efforts into. Right, because especially with actors, we're, you know, I, I was an actor, I was a kid actor in Atlanta and then moved to LA as an adult. And then that's where my, my real life's work took root was uh, using the bait that was acting to get me out here so that I could do the, the thing I was meant to do. The, the thing with us is we, we often think we have to take every job. We have to say yes to every opportunity especially at the beginning, because we're trying to prove that, no, look, I'm, I'm good. I can act. Here I am on camera. There's proof of me doing this job. So you can trust me with a bigger budget. You can trust me with a fancier co-star. And so we'll say yes to everything. And part of my work with, uh, with actors, but any artist really, is to settle that part of the brain down that says say yes to everything by saying run it through the brand filter. Because if it isn't on brand, to do this work, you're actually eroding your brand message out in front of the buyers, which is only going to take you off path from that true north. And so we define our careers by what we say no to more than we say yes to. I love that. That's so true. And, you know, as you were describing that, I was reflecting on the fact that I'm doing some personal development work right now and, and going through a training course and one of the things that we're talking about right now is the importance of niching down and being very clear on who you want to work with and the woman leading the the training asked the question what is it that you're afraid of in being very specific and of the hundreds of answers that were posted it was leaving opportunities on the table and that's exactly what you just said about as an actor you don't want to say no because you feel like that could be you could be saying no to an opportunity that could lead to something bigger or better or different or whatever, but if it's not in alignment with who you are and what your brand is standing for, that no probably is a better answer That's right. than accepting the role and being miserable and maybe being sending the trajectory of your career a very different direction. Well, because we always are. With everything that we do, we are slightly shifting our, our journey and certainly the route. And so I like to see it as like, here's Google Maps or your your phone's map, whatever it is, you've got this, this pin that gets dropped in the true north. And then you have this glowing orb that is you. And you have seemingly infinite ways that you could go to start out the journey. And there's so many different routes you can take to get there. But there are so many routes that don't lead there or that lead there by way of a big detour that you could choose not to go like you actually get clearer focus on and faster results on getting to where it is you want to go by uh, what you decide you don't want to take 
route wise, just, just by eliminating those and saying, yeah, I closed the door on that. I don't need to say yes to that. But again, at the beginning, especially, we so worry that by saying no, we are shutting down the opportunity to be seen as someone who knows what we're doing. It's like, yes, I'll be seen knowing what I'm doing, doing something that is completely off from my, my brand and my goal, but at least it shows that I'm working. And that kind of has a stench of desperation to it. Right. And so there's a little bit of confidence that has to come with the, no, I trust that in saying no to this, I'm not saying no to all work. I'm just saying no to work that doesn't align with the message that I'm here to tell. It's if you were an actor who only wanted to do Disney princess type things, I would say probably best to say no to the Quentin Tarantino like violent film by the student filmmaker who may never go on to make another thing after that. Because the footage from that isn't going to help the buyers of the Disney stuff understand you. Right. So do you have to work with them to get over the idea of becoming typecast? Yeah, very much. That, that, that is one of the top, the top things that they bring to me as something they don't want to have happen. And I have to remind them the second half of the word typecast is cast and you want to be cast. So yay. It is exciting when someone says, I get you and I see you this way, if the way they see you and get you is correct. And it's, you don't get typecast doing something you hate if you already set the trajectory for it. It's only if you started saying yes to the roles that you didn't even want in the first place just because you thought you had to say yes to something that you then can get typecast in something that you hate doing and eventually start to resent. And so that's all the more reason to be more purposeful with the things that you say yes to. But also with typecasting in particular, I remind artists that when we start out, saying yes to something that we are really, really good at and being a specialist allows us to then get the trust of more buyers. And the more trust we have of more buyers, the more we're invited to do more things. And we actually get to broaden our brand, the more trust we've built, which means saying yes over and over again to that thing that we're like, oh, I could do this in my sleep. It's so easy. Oh, they keep asking me to do this thing. Great. Wipe your tears with $100 bills. Keep saying yes to that. And then the more people who trust you, the more they'll allow you to branch out in ways that excite you and stimulate you creatively. And that's so applicable to any business and any brand. When you know what you're intended to do and you do it well, the more you can do it, the more you're going to be known for that. The more business is going to come your way, the more your brand is going to thrive and the happier you're going to be because you're doing what you love to do to begin with. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's that's great. So, how has how has the last few months of this of the pandemic impacted the folks that you're working with? Cuz I would imagine I will admit I watch a soap opera. I still do. And they've had to stop shooting because, you know, they're they're constantly churning everything out. And I hadn't really struck me the impact that this would have until I realized that, oh yeah, they had to stop because of of safety concerns and everything else. And then you started hearing about major films being delayed because they couldn't finish them. And that has to be really challenging on the psyche of people, especially if they're just trying to get into the business and trying to find their way. How have your clients been doing with that? Is that been a a major obstacle or? The fun part is artists are already uniquely equipped to handle a life of uncertainty. So the population that I largely work with, we're already wired for not knowing where the next dollar is going to come from. 
what the next job is going to be. Once we say yes to a job, how long before it actually starts shooting? Once we've shot a job, how long before it's actually going to finish editing and make it out into the world and distribution? Like there are already so many unknowns that we're navigating as artists every day that when this whole thing really got serious here in the States, I, I have clients worldwide. So let's just pretty much say from February on, because this started impacting a lot of my clients in Europe, obviously earlier, the, the question became, how do we do our work? Yes, but no more than ever, how do we continue to stay connected with the people who will be hiring us down the road, trusting that there is a future in which we still get to work. And so it's how do we innovate for those of us who have a brand that can continue to work uh, without being in person-to-person -person contact out in actual set places? How do we continue to use this time to bond with one another, connect with people that we've always wanted to work with? How can we use this time to actually get the eyeballs of people who usually say they're too busy to get to do um, interactive things using Zoom and other platforms and really take advantage of how many eyeballs are moving online right now? Um, how do we make sure that we still keep our materials fresh and keep our craft in shape? But for the, the mindset part of it, there wasn't the big hit in our world that there was in so many other businesses where people go to offices and work in a very linear profession and have a lot of um, sameness in their day-to-day -day because uncertainty is already a part of the, the business model for what we do. What I loved getting to see was how many artists got creative with how to take more of their work online and I already have a business that operates largely online, except for when I'm touring around teaching and speaking and doing you know, college visits and whatnot. Even that, a college that has me come in every single semester brought me in virtually this summer semester. So we're, we're still able to do a lot of the things in our business that we always did. But what I'm noticing about the creatives is they're doing things like saying, well, this was a, an episode that we weren't going to use. So we just had shot it and we've got it we've got it in the can it's called but we, we're not going to actually do anything with this footage well now we can't shoot new footage how can we re-edit things that we've already shot so that there are new episodes and i've noticed that things that we thought were canceled have come back because they can just go into the editing room and create new episodes out of previously shot stuff that they thought they were just going to throw away and that's beautiful and I've also seen uh, the show that I do some casting for artificial is a, a show on Twitch that has an Emmy and is incredibly innovative. They were not going to do season three right away and decided as soon as we got put on quarantine here in LA, fine, now we'll start season three. And they started shooting with people having their own setup at home. And so part of the audition became show us your setup because we're going to send you the camera equipment and you're going to self tape your role in our show and then upload the footage and then the editors are creating the episode within the, uh, the edit bay, same as always. Wow. And I'm like, of course we would choose creative choices. Of course the entertainment industry is going to find ways to create the show anyway, because the show must go on. And we've seen that with the late night talk show hosts and how they're able to, or the daytime talk shows as well, that they're able to just do the version from home. And so it looks different, but it's still happening. Um, where we're now starting to see the gap that is 
I think scaring people in a way that is different than a few months ago is we're now nowhere closer to coming back than we thought we were. It looked like we were going to be able to get back into production with some safety procedures in place this summer. And with a new surge, especially in LA and New York and the major markets where most entertainment is shot, we have to be mindful of what safety needs to look like for everyone, cast, crew, a hundred people are on the set. It's not just a couple of actors that we're used to seeing. It's, it's a, a whole city of people on every set and they have to go home to their family. And so if they've been exposed to something, it's unsafe. There's just so much to it that people like Tyler Perry are back in production in Atlanta because he's able to quarantine the entire cast and crew on his studio ranch for a week and a half before the shoot, then they shoot the entire season for a few weeks and then they're quarantined again and then able to go home. And that bubble production model is actually something that now LA is looking at and going, well, how can we create that bubble? And it's just a matter of how do you cast people who are willing to be away from their family for weeks, if not months in order to do it. But again, in the uniquely qualified to do it department, Artists are already used to going on location to shoot a film in Romania for two months. So being away from family for a couple of months because you're in a bubble in LA isn't that threatening predicament. It's just different. Right. That's very fascinating. What piece of advice then would you give to someone who's not used to this craziness of the current normal that we're living in that is a strength or that is something that the creatives that you work with are just used to, to be able to come through this. Because I I speak to a lot of people who are like, we are just so tired of this. I I want to be around people. The quarantine fatigue is real. And, you know, what would you tell them? What would be a, a way, a skill or a tip that you could share that might help somebody look at what we're dealing with through a creative lens? First off, we have to give our brains a break for the stress they're feeling. The fatigue is real, the depression is real, the grief is real. Just the primal parts of the brain that are certain we're going to die at every moment, they're not wrong ever, because that's to be alive is to constantly be protecting against the elements that want us dead, that it, that's just the, the wiring of the human brain and the, the constant diet of news and information and other people's emotions about what is happening and the uncertainty that is incredibly real and legitimate and all the fears that are incredibly real and legitimate. The, the giving our brains a break from all of that and saying, hey brain, you're doing a really good job. This is a lot. Whew. How can we relax? How can we, when, when we know I can't go get a massage, I can't go soak at the spa, I can't go get a mani-pedi, I can't do the things that would have given me a break from how I'm feeling, I can't go work out at the gym, like all the things that normally would have given me a break from the stresses I'm feeling don't exist anymore. So what do I need? How can I, how can I serve that need in-house? And if that is just sleeping more, disconnecting more, having just a a detox day of social media, whatever it is to require some quiet space to recover from all of that is primary. As far as the, how, how does someone who's not used to all this uncertainty start to become friends with it? I think we look at it from a place of discovery. How can I be curious about what it feels like 
to be uncertain about my future. And something about the word curious and the idea of discovery really helps lighten the intensity of it in the brain. Like instead of the, I have to get this figured out. Like that's the brain is built, figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. And this is something we can't figure out because right now we are, we are screwing with a hundred Rubik's cubes simultaneously in our brains right now with all the possible things that could, like we, we have no for sure future. And before we had something that we thought was a for sure future, it may not have been all that for sure, but we were pretty sure that we had a for sure future. And now we know we don't. And all the possible permutations of what it could be uh, are a part of the fatigue that we're feeling. So some of the work is being more curious about, well, what would that be like? If, if things go this way, what does that look like? What does that feel like? How do I respond to that? And coming at it from a place of curiosity and discovery makes it feel less threatening to not know. And so the, the line that I use with my clients and that I use for myself is, let's find out. We don't know if this is going to work. Let's find out. And seeing it like research, seeing it like an experiment, takes some of the pressure off. And right now, I think we can all use that. And, and so I will float a new offer out to my mailing list. For instance, I just this uh, couple weekends ago said, okay, it's been my birthday. To celebrate my birthday, I'm going to come out about the fact that I do this woo-woo stuff. I have an astrology and numerology offering. If you're not into the woo, don't open this email. It's not for you. Like the subject line was only open if you're woo curious and I was like I know there are people reading this who are like what the heck are you doing Gillespie it's cool it's not for you look away but for everybody who's curious I have a thing and the the idea behind it was let's find out this is something more of my clients are asking me about they know that I grew up the astrologer's daughter they know I have this skill set that is kind of like a little ace in the pocket for people who are into it and for those who are not it's nothing I push on anyone so let me put it out there and let's find out and it turns out over the course of that weekend and then the week that followed, it brought in five figures, multiple five figures into our business that we weren't expecting. And that is an amazing way of leaning into the curiosity and the discovery and just being open to what it might be. We would have been just as fine had we heard crickets upon sending out that email or had massive unsubs because of it. It's just right now a time to experiment because there is no downside to learning that you might be able to do something differently than you've always done things in your business. That's such a great point because this is the time for us to maybe step back, pause for a moment and relook at what opportunities are, have we not seen because we've always just stayed focused on what we have always done. Right. It's a beautiful opportunity to take those things that you always wondered, could that be a thing and ask and see because no one has the game plan for here's how to live right now that that doesn't exist no 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 one living right now has had this experience before and we've never universally had something happen simultaneously like this that allows us all to come at things differently and have that be okay so it's it's a wonderful opportunity to to try things out and to stop doing things that you were always doing just because that was the way it's always been done. Yeah. That's great. I love that. Yeah. Um, I look at that freedom. That That's how I 
deal with this is I go, I go, look at that freedom. How cool is that? And that's part of why we choose to work for ourselves is so we can have more freedom. So it, in a lot of ways, this is answering that need in some really beautiful ways. Yeah. And then when you understand what your brand represents, you have that freedom to look at on the one hand, the freedom to look at things very differently than what you have before, but you still have the boundaries around what you know, where you know you can push and where you know you have to stay more true to the brand that you represent. And right now, you're prob we're probably in a, in a situation where we can push a little bit more than what we have been able to in the past. Very, very much so. And, you know, similar to causes and, and activism and things that have always been important in my life personally, right now we're at a place where I can be more overt about my anti-racist stance and how I feel about Black Lives Matter and where I feel about women's rights and our ability to push against some of the always has been the way it is casting couch like things in show business. You know, I've made no secret about how I feel about all sorts of things like that my whole life, but now I can actually do more of it as a part of my business model because it is the time where that sort of thing is, what I mean by that sort of thing is leaning into our values more overtly is more not just accepted, but expected. And we're specifically noticing people who are not making their values known, uh, we're clocking that and going, well, this is someone who's not talking about how they feel about women getting paid the same as men. And here's someone who's actively not talking about Black Lives Matter. And how do I feel about doing business with that person going forward? And not to make any of it right or wrong, but just to say that there's a bit of transparency going on right now in business that is has always been a part of my business model that is now the way most everyone is having to get comfortable with. And that that's something that can be a little sticky for people who've really separated their business lives from their personal lives and their values from their politics. If they, they, if they really have kept things siloed off, the growth right now is how do we stitch all of that together in a way that still feels in integrity for the business that I've built. Right. There is an openness for you to stand in your values in a way that's evolved over the last few months at a more rapid pace than what it had in the last five years even. And I think in the last five years, it's really evolved quite a bit, yes. but, but it's like hit fast forward in the last two to three months, I think. Yeah, I do a lot of flow theory research and, and study. And if I, if I could always stay in grad school, I would because I just love learning and learning how we learn and how the brain works. And what's going on right now is called exponential learning. We're, as humans, wired for linear learning. The brain mm -hmm. is just built to learn linearly. And when we learn exponentially, we have to rest from it because it is a threat to the brain to grow so much so fast. And that has been happening most of 2020 now. And it, to me, that is incredibly exciting for what it means we're teaching our brain as possible in terms of the tolerance for success. Uh, if you've ever read Gay Hendrick's book, The Big Leap, and he talks about the upper limit problem and how we'll reach a certain level of success and then we start self-sabotaging because it feels unsafe to go any higher than that level of success that we've made feel safe in our, in our brains and in our culture. 
And so like the first time we out earn a parent, the first time we you know cross a certain benchmark in our bank account, whatever it might be, there are real things that happen to pump the brakes on that growth. And so what I'm loving about the, the exponential learning that's going on for as challenging as it is and as threatening as it can feel and as fatiguing as it becomes, I love what it means in terms of neuroplasticity and what it's doing for the brain's ability to receive success and have it feel safe. Because I work with people who win Oscars and Grammys and Emmys and it's that, to go from I was a struggling artist to standing on a stage holding up something gold and shiny is a real, you know, it's, it's a real mind fuck technically mm -hmm. it, it like mm -hmm. will really screw with your brain. But if you can over the course of your life, make it feel normal to reach those levels of success, then when they happen, you don't have to have your life fall apart and that your relationship is crap because you suddenly make a million dollars. It's like, no, you can actually have both. Uh, and so I'm, I'm excited for what it means that in, in terms of brain development that we're all going through this right now, even though it, it is very challenging in the micro. Yeah. You know, as you say that, there's a lot of people that I know, myself included, that are looking at opportunities for professional development and personal growth and really digging into what can I learn during this time frame, and how can that impact the the growth, you know, for my life personally as well as in per, my professional existence? And how can I then translate that over into the work that I do with clients? And or you know, how can I excel in my career differently because of this time that I've been able to to learn and focus on that because we have been so fast paced for so long that I think we just have blazed past a lot of opportunities because we've just been on this on, in a speed trap, you know, and it, we just keep going and going and going. And, and I've had a number of people openly speculate, maybe this is a forced slowdown on our society and there's some greater being something at work here that's telling us that we are all just going too fast and we need to slow down and appreciate what's going on around us and identify where we can grow and what we need to stop doing mm -hmm. and how we can create more meaningful relationships with our family, with our friends, with, with ourselves. Absolutely. And, and really focus in on that. And I think that's, you know, that brings me back to purpose as something that's very important to me and being intentional in how we move through our lives. And I think this does give us that opportunity to reconnect on a very different level with what our unique purpose is and how we then live it going forward. Very much so. Very much so. Yeah, I think from this point forward, we, we can't... I mean, maybe we can, but I, I, I don't think we can continue to just keep choosing what we were always choosing without the clarity that, no, we're mindfully choosing it. When we are choosing not to grow, it, that is a choice we're making. When we are choosing to just you know have the glass of wine at the end of the day and tune out and watch TV rather than actually go within and go, no, how is this making me feel that this is happening? Like just that we're mindfully choosing it. There, there's no excuse for not choosing to grow except to say because i don't want to 
And, right. and that's fine if that's what you've chosen, but no, you've chosen it. Not that, no, I just don't have the time because that, that disappeared, that excuse for, I would only do this if only I had the time. It's like, here you got all the time in the world because now time means nothing. Uh, you know, we exactly. definitely had a couple of months there at the beginning where it was like, great. Wh what are all those things you said you were going to do? And are you actually doing them? Right. And then we got to get real clear on, oh, I keep a lot of things around handy to make sure I don't feel my feelings. That's confronting. Like, but are we willing to then sit in that discomfort and actually do the work? That's the question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what we choose to continue doing that we've learned during this time and what things we just go back to go back to what we were doing before right. and what are the the new things that come aboard as part that's of again that's our, back to that discovery mm -hmm. yeah that's back to the discovery and curiosity of it that if if we can stay curious about what's that going to look like and trust that every day we're getting new information that slightly changes what our choices are and not feel threatened by that but instead like great it's we are in a constant recalibrating, recalibrating, recalibrating moment with our car. Like that, th that mm -hmm. route is constantly being rewritten for us as we are on the journey. So we do have a place in our brain where that's completely acceptable. It may frustrate us when we keep hearing recalibrating. It's like, just tell me which way to go. But that is exactly what we're experiencing just on a human level right now. Right. Well, I think, Bonnie, this has been a great conversation. I really have enjoyed the the direction we ended up going. I didn't necessarily plan to to talk in depth about how how the pandemic is impacting all of us, but I want to end with if you had one one piece of advice that you would give to our listeners related to the work that you do with creatives that can apply more broadly to to all of us, what would that be? And I know that's a huge question. There's never a, a version of ourselves that is going to feel we've got it all figured out. So now it's time to start. Um, the phrase we use in our business is launch at 85%, which is get enough information, get enough data, get enough, enough checked off that you feel like it's, it's safe to at least try and then just launch at 85% because that that extra 15% that we're working to get, like, oh, when, when do I feel like it's okay? At some point, we're just rearranging furniture. And we get more information about what works from experience than from the theoretical. And until we launch, we're still, we're still working in theory. So I think the, the advice I would give to anybody who considers themselves creative, but honestly, anyone, I think everyone's technically creative. It's just how blocked or not blocked they may be in what they've surrounded themselves with in their lives. The advice would be get out there and just try, just have the experience, get the data from the experience and then recalibrate, come up with different ideas about what needs to happen next and then try again, but get in that, uh, the arena as Brene Brown calls it and actually learn from the experiences that you're having rather than the theory, because the theory can include a lot of monsters under the bed and they're actually not there. They're just dust bunnies, but you, you don't know that until you're actually out there looking. Right. Yeah. We have to accept, we have to accept fear as what it is, a natural response that is there to protect us. Mm -hmm that doesn't mean that it should stop us. Right, right. It's, it's that whole 
the fear is there. Thank you. I see you. And I'm still going to do this. And, and with that trust of I've done enough safety checks to be sure that I'm not going to die. And that's honestly the dismount that I use in my business all the time. When I do big, scary things, thing I say as soon as I'm finished with it is, and I didn't die. I push send on that email and I didn't die. I rearranged that page on my website and I didn't die. I hired a new person to do X, Y, Z and I didn't die. But each of those things, I'm constantly reminding my brain, you're safe, you're safe, you're safe. Because as far as the brain's concerned, any growth is a threat. Yeah. So Bonnie, if, if my listeners wanted to find you and follow you, where would they do that? BonnieGillespie.com is the homepage for all the things. I am out on social media in the forms of Twitter and a little bit at Facebook, mostly for actors there with my self-management for actors group. And on Instagram, I'm Bonnie.Gillespie because somebody got there before me and squatted the Bonnie Gillespie without a dot, but you can, you can pretty much find me in all the places. I know, okay. of course. It's, I was late to the party. I was late to the party, but I have a YouTube channel. If you like those types of things, I have a podcast that is currently on hiatus uh, at all the places where podcasts live. Um, and I am, right. I'm very Googleable. Yes. Okay. And I will include links to all of those places on the show notes that I produce as well. So thank you so much, Bonnie. I've enjoyed our conversation a lot. And it was it's always fascinating to hear about different industries and how much there is overlap in the concepts of how we do business. It's just the end result that's the deliverable that's a little different, I guess. That's right. That's right. Thank you, Amy. I appreciate you having me. This was a blast. Thanks. During this episode, you heard Bonnie mention how she coaches her own clients to run their opportunities through a brand filter a brand filter that is unique to their own personal brand and aligns them with what their own true north is and how are they going to get there. So let me ask you this. Are you routinely running your own opportunities through a brand filter that is unique to you? Let me tell you a quick story. Recently, I had a conversation with a colleague who had just hosted a lead generating webinar. The intent was to encourage people to sign up for his primary coaching package. He had great attendance, lots of follow-up questions, but zero conversions. We talked about it for a little while, and finally I asked him, what do you think went wrong? Why do you think they didn't have any conversions? His response was he thought it had to do with his messaging. Based on our conversation, and because I know who the decision makers are for his coaching package, I asked if those individuals were in the webinar. There was a pause in our conversation, and then he said, you know what? No, they weren't. His message was only part of why he didn't get conversions. His message, the audience who participated, as opposed to the audience he wanted, and the intention of the webinar were not in alignment. When these three things are out of alignment, attracting the right people to your business is challenging, if not impossible. While he had engaged participants, they were not who needed to hear his message about the transformation his coaching can do in their business. After our conversation, he's now confident in what his strategy needs to be moving forward, has more clarity around his message, the correct audience, and the intended outcome for the webinar. His next step is consistently sharing the message 
to get the right people in the next session that he offers. If this sounds all too familiar to you, schedule a discovery call with me today. Clarity, consistency, and confidence will move your next strategy towards growth rather than back to the drawing board. To schedule a discovery call with me, drop me an email at amy at amyaustinmarketing.com or visit the scheduling link found on the show notes for this week's episode. This has been the Pursuit of Purpose podcast presented by Austin Marketing. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. Head over to amyaustinmarketing.com for links and resources mentioned in today's show, as well as ways to subscribe and connect with Amy. Thanks for listening.